what we wish to get externally must be first cultivated internally. We have to cultivate it internally first if we wish to get it externally. Straight out the lab. Straight out the lab, joined today by probably the most the requested part two on my whole channel. The views alone, Wes, on this. First of all, Wes Watson in the house. Let's do this shit. My man. Love it. Live. Great to have you back, my friend. Oh, man, we had to do it. Oh, we've been talking back and forth about this, and, and truly, you've come into town just for this, mate. So just for it. I, I, that means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Whenever um, I come from Miami to Cali, it costs me about 100 grand. Oh, straight in, Wes. 100 grand. 100 grand. That's how much it takes to come back and forth. Holy shit. What's the drive between leaving West Coast and East Coast if we're jumping straight into the podcast? I just, I see myself as fucking bigger than one spot. I see myself as bigger than fucking just one location. Wow. And I love to touch people. So when I land in Cali, people in Cali are like, fuck, he's back. When I'm in Miami, they're like, oh, you moved into my city. It's just, even when I came to Vegas right now, people, I was in the store shopping and a guy comes over he's, and he tells everyone in the store, this is the man. And <laughs> he saw that I posted I was in the store and he came in. And I love that. I, there's nothing that gives me more satisfaction than knowing that these words that we speak and the way we live and the men that we are affects people in such a positive way. Evidently. You walk into to my gym and it's like, I know that guy. I knew everybody in there already. And that's, uh, I've just hired, that's uh, Eric is going to be the new GM yeah, of the Dragon Slayer. I've known him since we were kids. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you you definitely would gravitate towards solid people. He's a real solid guy. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mick, listen, we just got to talk and recap on the last podcast first. We had some incredible numbers on the episode itself, but the reels and the shots from Instagram to TikTok Tyus, can you pop up uh, some of these numbers if you have them? Look at that, Wes. 30 million on some reels. 1.1 is, I think we got reels, shorts on the episode. So, <sighs> man. Yeah, I believe that Instagram, YouTube, all these videos and these this content we're putting out, these are the new books. Yeah. These are what are going to get passed on. And they're powerful to me. They're like art. So my Instagram page alone is, is straight up art and the pieces that we put up together, these beliefs, these thoughts, this energy, this feeling that we've put together in all these pieces, they mean a lot to me. They mean more to me than anything. If somebody for the first time now <clears throat> is jumping on and, and may have seen you, right? Can we give a, a short recap of who Wes Watson is and his trajectory to, to where you are today? Yeah, America's most famous felon. I, I've, I did a lot of time in CDC. I did 10 years of stretch in California, the, the hardest of the hard, state prison. So it's gangland. It's a horrible place. But I started off a normal kid. I mean, my parents weren't the, they weren't the worst off, but we definitely were lower middle class. And I got into selling drugs, and I wanted a more elevated lifestyle. I went by any means to go get it, and I landed myself in the penitentiary for 10 years for robbery in the first, assault with a firearm, great bodily injury, battery, burglary. They stacked the charges on me, but I, I ended up getting 10 years, and then throughout that time, the mindset that I created during these this massive adversity, this supposed backstep and, and downtime of my life turned out to be that that was just the pinnacle of when I changed. And I, I really needed to come out and share that message. I didn't have any hopes of being a coach and making multi-millions. I didn't even fucking know that existed. I didn't even know that was a thing. I just went online and was like excited. 
I'm like, for once in my life, you guys, I figured out some shit that works and I have to share it with you. So I just shared it with my followers every day on Instagram. Then I went on like my first YouTube interview and I went super viral from the stuff I was sharing that I thought was really normal. I thought what I shared was just really normal, how people thought and everything and how they operated because I was in prison for 10 years. So it became who I was and I didn't notice I was any different. It's like anything in life. When you fully change, you don't notice. When a man is a beast, when a man's a beast, unless he knows he's a beast, people just see him. And, and as you become different, you don't really notice it. And I just shared everything that worked for me and every, every, everyone responded greatly. And when you say shared, you shared everything from Instagram on like burner phones, right? And it, everything was in black and white. Yeah, I started in prison posting everything in black and white. If you scroll down my page at Watson underscore fit, everything's in black and white for about four years. And then when I got out, I put up a color pick and I said, I'm out. Watch what I can do. And within that, since, you know, I got out five years and nine months ago, I've created a multi eight figure annually business and I've, I've affected millions of lives and everybody jumps right. Everyone who doesn't know my path and my story, they jump straight into West. It's not about the money because they see the private jets. They see half million dollar watches. They see that I have five Rolls Royces. I have 12 fucking exotic cars. I live in a $20 million mansion in Miami. I have a $30 million mansion in California. And they get really upset by this stuff because they're like, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. And I'm just thinking, motherfucker, we had good character before we ever had money. I want to recap a little bit, like I said, of the last episode. You've done that and you came out after seven, ten years. And one of the things that blew my mind was that you went straight into coaching and that was a call in for you. And that's something that you've preached about, that you feel I have a call in life to help people. You got out and in the first, I think it was they said the first month, you aren't, no, sorry, you got out, you started moving and grooving again. You were living in your grandmother's house with your parents in a double bed. And you had, and you were making 150000 a month. Walk into the gym. Nobody knew you were making that kind of money, but a few. And uh, you got to $400,000, and then one day, all the money's gone because you owned restitution. Oh, yeah, I was about 100. The, before I got my first $100,000, I was like, oh, my God, I was showing some people, like, look, I have 100 grand in my account. And then I went and I checked my account one morning, and it was all gone. <sighs> and then I was like, my heart sank. I felt sick. I didn't know what the fuck happened. And I went into the bank, and they're like, yeah, it was... Uh, they seized it. It was government-owned restitution for your the crime against your victim. And I just, I was already making so much then. I recouped it in 30 days. But I, I've had nothing but problems to overcome. But what the fuck else would we be without problems? Do When you really have problems in your life, do you believe that's the man you want to be? The man who's never had an issue, some spoiled little fucking bitch? Or do you want to be the man who took everything on the chin and still survived? What was the... The, the mentality, though, when you're earning that type of money, not to go back into the old lifestyle and still committed to this new true calling of yours. Oh, I just can't even believe in it. I've, I've still only been with five women since I've been out of prison in five years and really? nine months. Yeah, and, and I was always just looking for everything that I ever did was to be the man that my future wife and my future children would be proud of. 
and I tried. I was married, and I got a divorce. I've been with a, a few different people outwardly online, and it didn't work. And I get so scrutinized by it. But what people don't really realize is I've only been with five women. I'm not saying I'm the best at relationships. <laughs> I was in prison for 10 fucking years. And they're, they're like, five women? I'm like, no, before prison, a lot of women. But after prison, once yeah. I got out, once I had a rebirth, once the old me was long gone and dead, no mm. more drugs, no more drinking, no more bullshit, no more fucking womanizing, nothing like that, everyone looks for the problem in you. When you claim that you're of a higher moral character, everyone will look for the problem in you. And the thing is, anyone that anyone says about me online, now I laugh at I'm like, that's all you got? Dude, I used to be the worst person imaginable. What you're saying now is he isn't even, it's, like, it's, it's nothing compared to what I've done. One of a duck's back. Oh, right? my God. And the thing is, they think it would shake me. I'm like, that's all you have. There's yeah. nothing. Shit. Well, the, the, again, the fact is, when we've posted what episode of old and the reels and stuff, you've got a multitude of people that are impacted and then a multitude of people that are impacted by... I don't it gives know. Me that the chills. I, yeah. I get the chills right now because it's top bodybuilders. It was normal people. It was kids. It was adults. It was grandparents. It, there were so many people affected by that because you have so much influence in the bodybuilding and fitness world. And all the fitness people that I've ever known were really deeply, I mean, they were troubled. They had a lot of pain in them. For to be good at bodybuilding, to be good at fitness, you're fighting something all the fucking time that is much deeper than the physique at hand. Oh, there's trauma that. that oh my god. Yeah, I, you know, if we we speak about uh, the episodes that I've had here with certain athletes, anybody who's great at something is pushed by trauma. That's the nucleus. That's the center point of everything. And it's, it's how you create trauma into triumph, right? For myself, obviously, I've got my story. You've got yours. But we're not defined by that trauma. We're not defined by our past. We're moving forward, moving with a hat back to front and, and on to bigger and, and, and better things. And My biggest thing is, in life, I'm more, motivi- I'm more motivated in life from what I've overcome than what I've done. Hmm. So that problem is me being in prison for 10 years, that's a trophy on my shelf that nobody could ever take from me. I went through that time like a motherfucker, like a real man in my book. Throughout that time in my life, I was impeccable Mm. with how flawlessly I operated to keep my mind right because there was no way out, there was no falling back. So I'm I'm so much more validated by what I've overcome than what I've done. And people see what I've done and they think that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, motherfucker, the polarity between my lows and highs are everything. I know that people, the height of what someone will aspire to and what they'll become is determined by their low. This, like, literally, the, someone's success is determined by how much they actually struggled. Yeah, you talked in the last podcast about gratitude being learned at the bottom. 100%. And you also said in, in the same sentence that at the top, you can get lost. So how do you stay motivated now knowing that you've come so far and you've lived a life of old and here you are looking at a a new life and and all these opportunities surrounded by life's luxuries, which you've also talked about not getting caught up in. But how do you stay motivated to get up every day at 2 fucking 45 in the morning? I honestly, if I don't have my process, I have nothing. So my, my daily process, I make a shitload every fucking day. I can do anything I want. It does not suffice. I make about 50000 a day in recurring revenue. 
I don't have to do anything to make 50 grand every day. And then I still fight for about 30 grand in new sales. That's my quota every day that I have to make 30 grand in new sales every day. So that's what I, that would be my set standard. But in all reality, how do you come back when you have everything and you feel lost and you don't feel that, that purpose of life? How do you bring it back when you have nothing and you feel lost and you, how do you really connect? It's always for me, it's the workout and the diet. If I keep my diet really strict, there's a reason why all cultures fast to speak to God, to speak to infinite intelligence, to tap in. And if I stay pretty fasted in a massive caloric deficit and I'm working really fucking hard, that's what puts me in the place I need to be in. So I always tell people, uh, peak physical performance and becoming the source of what you seek. So first off, me keeping my daily process very tight. And then second off, getting on calls with people, working with people elevates me. I wake up every morning just fucking drowning in negativity, just drowning in pain and fucking and just I have no desire to live when I wake up. I hate life when I wake up. And then I go into the first step and I enjoy it 10%. Mm-hmm. Then I get on the first call with a client and then I'm up to 30%. Then I'm then I get on then I go do a workout, my second workout, I'm at 50%. By the time I rebuild myself and I, I fill that account, I fucking stacked myself up like that, then I'm good again, but Every morning I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck is the point? But the point is other people, so I can never give up. I operate from, like, my conscience. I don't listen to anybody. And what I call conscience congruency is everything. And right now, from my heart, from the source or our creator or whatever, I have one sole purpose that I feel like is going to take up a lot of my energy, and I'm going to put everything into it. And people will see over time what it is. And it's more family-centered. It's more uh, relationship-centered. And it's something that I my ego took me away from recently and then brought me back to. But you guys will see in these next coming weeks and months what I'm speaking about. So you're working on something is what you're saying? Yeah, 100%. Always. I'm always so many steps ahead, like mentally, of what will prepare me to give me the motivation to keep going. Because emotional motivators are everything. I, I am driven deeply by emotion and um, everyone else is too, but most people are crippled by it. I use it as my as the catalyst for success. Going back to saying that you talk about waking up with this this feeling like what is the point and that that negativity. I that's love, that's it daily. I, right? I love it. I love it every day. I know I'm going to wake up just empty and I have to refill myself. That's why the uh, Marcus Aurelius said, "Straight, not straightened." Every day you wake up and have to straighten yourself. You'll never just be straight. And the more low you feel. Someone who wakes up feeling extremely low, they have the ability to reach a higher high. That's the law. That's the law of polarity. If you don't know massive lows, you can't know these huge highs and these great feelings because you don't even know what a low feels like. Most people, they live on an even plane of existence where they don't know high highs, they don't know low lows, and they just wander through life barely doing shit. But that guy who looks himself in the mirror, and like bodybuilders are a great example because they're like, they look in the mirror and they look great, but they're like, no, I could be better. Fuck this. I ain't doing shit. That happily dissatisfied man, that motherfucker who's never going to be good enough, he will always have that feeling. He, he needs to feel down to bring himself up. And the work is the only thing that puts him there. Because if you don't learn to love the work, you'll never know love at all. Yeah, man. Uh, do you think there's ever a time in the future where Wes Watson's going to wake up at 2.45 and... I feel happy. 
I mean, I don't even, I don't need to. I don't even want to. I think that would stop me. I think everyone should be more angry. I think they should be more pissed about where they're at. So you welcome it. If everyone woke up more angry about where they're at, not being able to find their purpose, not having the financial status, not having the physique, what if everyone woke up very pissed off about their physique? They would fucking change it. I think the reason I'm going to find purpose greater than anyone is because I'm still waking up not finding it. And then I refined it each day in the most simple things, which are our, the way we operate as humans, our character, our work ethic, how we speak to ourselves, how we view life, our perception of reality. And um, if I'm always seeking it, then that means I'm never someone who, th- who believes I've found it. I think people's biggest problem is they believe they've found happiness. So if I tell someone you're not happy or something, they would get, they would be just massively thrown off. What do you mean I am? They'd be all defensive. It's like, what if you're never even supposed to find it? It's just mo. It's these are just momentary lapses of a higher frequency you and a version of you at that moment. I I really don't believe I need to find anything. I'm just experiencing life as I go in a high frequency state, low frequency state, and then understanding what puts me in these states greater or worse. To create the individual you admire, then give that person to the world. That's all I care about. Wes Watson, hundred percent. That's a Wes Watson quote. That's it. If there's some advice for somebody that's watching this now that knows they're meant to be great and there's the breadcrumbs are down but they keep on waking up every day with that like lost purpose, what's the first step in advice that you would give them? They're so fucking foolish because the world, the sensory world has them believing it's how they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. And I know it's who. So when they create who can do anything, it's all possible. Everyone, no one really understands that self-mastery is your true aim. Once you've mastered self, you could do anything you want on this earth. But people don't spend the time and they don't take the time to develop themselves as the individual who can pull off anything. I just tell them it's not how, it's who. And then steps for that, for that finding that how. Honesty. Self-mastery depends on self-honesty. So you're going to have to get in the mirror and say, who, do I, who would I listen to? Would I listen to me? Who do I need to become to pull this off? And that's why the 245 wake up is, it's non-negotiable for me because I need to be the most disciplined. Mm. I need to be the most disciplined because if that pussy motherfucker at the light wants to talk shit (laughs) and I know I could serve his fucking ass, I need to not. I need to exercise strength through restraint. I need to understand that restraint is a fucking, it was what a man practices. And I need to realize that we've all been geared to think that instant gratification is living. Mm. And that's the thing. It's not. So if I don't get my way all day, that means a lot to me because now I'm a step ahead of everyone else who will fall victim to comfort and instant gratification and slowly deteriorate their existence. And you're surrounded by comfort. So that is a consistent day, daily battle for you and, your, and that mindset. I've seen since we've done the podcast, right, Wes? Miami now has become a, a new haunt for you, right? You, that opens up a lot of doors for new people, new networking, and also distractions. And when when life is, is going full pelt, how is it that you, again, I know you answered this already, but I just want the viewers to listen to this again. How is it that now you're in a new place, you've got this distraction, you've got this guy wanting to show you this, and you have a late night, and that alarm clock goes off 2.45. How hard is it for you not to hit that snooze button? It's not hard at all because I only validate myself by what I said I would do. My whole thing is uh, nobody else holds my, not one person on this earth could give me validation more than I could give it to myself. 
And if I told myself some simple fucking tasks that I'm going to do as a man, mm-hmm. if I can't uphold those, then I do not respect myself at all. And if I don't respect myself at all, why would I expect people to respect me? Life's a mirror. It's not a fucking window. And these people want love and respect, but they don't give it to themselves first. What we wish to get externally must be first cultivated internally. We have to cultivate it internally first if we wish to get it externally. So if you're not attracted to you, she's not going to be, motherfucker. Get yeah. that. Tyus, you love getting deep into a lot of quotes. And, and when the podcast we, we had with Wes last time, we walked away with so many gold nuggets that I think you were blown away. You, you hadn't had the, the privilege of meeting Wes up until that point. And again, you, you had a lot of takeaways from the last episode, right? Yeah, even on this one, he just gave a quote that I've never heard anybody else ever quote, which was Marcus Aurelius saying, straight, not straightened. I know. Um, nobody quotes Aurelius that because they don't know what that means. But it means it me you've got to straighten yourself up versus letting somebody else take control and, and expect them to get you straightened up. Mm. Nobody, I've never heard anybody else quote that. Um, so anyways, that one hit hard for me. Yeah. For, for that one too, it's people believing that one day they'll just be happy. Mm. One day they'll just be content. You have to get. You have to bring yourself to that high frequency daily. You'll never just be it. Mm. The thing is, positivity without negativity, positivity doesn't exist. So stop wishing your problems away because then everything that you're wishing for would not exist. The thing is, I understand polarity, and people are like, "Whoa, this guy looks like he hates his life." I'm like, I'm just transparent. I'll say at this moment, I feel this way. And then at another moment, you'll see me experiencing another emotion. I'm someone living outwardly on camera, not afraid to be like everyone else and censor. The thing about conformity is everybody will love you but yourself. I will never conform. I will ne- I'd rather die. Mm. Everyone will love you when you conform except yourself. Can you get into that a little bit more? Because everybody goes online and they just tell people what they want to hear. And they, in life, they just tell people what they want to hear. Mm. So people are like, oh, cool. They agree with them. They're accepted. Do we- the second you go against everything mm. and you tell someone the truth, like I say, love ain't lies. If you tell someone the truth, they fucking are going to hate you at first. If I tell most overweight people that they hate themselves and they directly are trashing themselves with these foods and there's no way they love and respect themselves and they're deep, they're completely disrespectful to those people around them that believe in them. They would be so floored by it and be like, this piece of shit. They think we're egotistical because we're in shape. I think they're massively disrespectful by the way they treat themselves. And most of them will out themselves that they're the superficial ones. The second you start, someone they know starts losing too much weight, gets a little of that fucking death face, a little bit of that. Their face starts looking a little different because they lost a lot of weight or their body starts changing in a way they don't accept them. They would first say how the person looks. They'd be like, oh, you're losing too much weight. I don't like it. Instead of how do you feel? Mm-hmm. If someone tells you, if, if someone around you tells you that, oh, you look like you're losing too much weight, which they say to a lot of fat guys who are starting to get thin. And the guy's feeling the best he's ever felt because he's investing in himself more than he ever has. His people will come straight to him and disrespect his looks. And these people act like we're the superficial ones who want to change our looks, but they'll never ask about how you feel. They'll only judge you for how you look. Yeah, self-mastery depends on self-honesty. 100%. You got to be honest with yourself. And if not, I'll fucking be honest for you because I don't give a fuck about the smoke. You could come get me with whatever you want. It ain't going to phase me. I'm going to be more pissed that I'm around a bunch of losers that I didn't try to fucking build up. I don't call people out. I call them up. It's way different. I've seen that. And that, that's one thing uh, that I do commend you on. I've seen you make a point to be like, hey, listen, life, you need to change. 
don't know what the fuck's going on. Yes, you've got, you know, great. Congratulations, you got money in the bank. You need to lose some weight, man. Health 100%. is wealth, and and that mentality. You also said I watched something that you've um you can tell by somebody's discipline in life just by you the know first ten seconds you meet them. I mean, the thing is, as a leader, your weakness is their way out. You have to be fucking bulletproof. People respect Flex here at his establishment as a leader. They want to come be around him because he doesn't show visible weakness. And then once they get to meet him, they'll understand some areas that he is weakened, but the ones that are fully under his control, he has a lot of mastery over. The point is, as a leader, your weakness is their way out. So you can't use shit that is detrimental, like the drugs, the alcohol, the bullshit. You can't operate in a way that is not congruent with the future you want which is just acting in alignment, being honest. When you align with your truth and your heart, it's very easy to live. The, the choices I make are very easy, but people won't like you mm. because you're going to hurt a lot of feelings. You're going to step on a lot of toes. You're, there's a lot of shit's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to stir the pot. People, all of a sudden, I've made changes in my life recently where I told someone like, uh, no, my, my heart's telling me to go make this change and go this route, and I'm sorry. They get so fucking mad. They'll, they'll make up lies. They'll slander you, da-da-da. But the whole thing is, that's isn't that the story of Jesus? He went around trying to save people and fucking killed his... They went as far as they could to stop him. And that's what will happen. They'll try to stop you when you're telling the truth. Because what does the truth do? The truth exposes everybody who's living a lie. You've mentioned a few times in this episode <clears throat> that you're doing things a little differently now. You're aiming for certain life changes, right? With you running 100 miles an hour, again two, three, four ones, which I've seen you, and every time I'm around you, you're always working. And respectfully, when you and I talk, the phones go away. One thing I have to say, you, you're never, we'll never have a conversation, or have we ever had a conversation where you're on your phone, and I think that's the most disrespectful thing. When you came into the room, you were working, you put your phones down, you looked at me, you had a conversation, I left the room, you're back working. My point is, in this, is not the point, but... Um, you and your, you know your weaknesses, and whether you you know them or you get you got people around you that will make you aware of them. How much time do you dedicate yourself to trying to become that better person now? Because Wes Watson, as I said, is running a hundred miles an hour. He's on fucking jets. You're helping other people. How much time do you, to give yourself? Honestly, it's anything is mindset training in my life. If someone had you digging a ditch, you could sit there digging that hole, just going. Fuck, I hate this. Fuck, I hate this. Or every shovel, you could be like, you can't stop me. There's nothing you could do that could break me. I'll be out here all fucking day, motherfucker. What are you going to do? Put more in. Fill it back up. I'll dig it again. I'm consistently, I'm like someone who thrives off of problems. And so when problems arise, I get to prove to myself who I am at that moment. Like I said, adversity introduces a man to himself. So I willingly go into problems and issues what I like to do is see how I'm reacting. I call that the inconvenience factor. When I'm not getting my way, I, I like to see how I'm reacting and then punk myself. I was having a video not upload earlier, and I was being such a fucking bitch about it. <laughs> I'm like, this fucking Wi-Fi in here. I'm my like, gym? No, in the, oh, in the, in the, that guy's um, a good Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, at the hotel. Yeah. And I'm like, this fucking Wi-Fi in here. I was so pissed off. And then, then I went into, nobody helps me. I just was turning into a, and then I just sat there. I, I, I sat down for a second. I heard how I was thinking and talking. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. 
And I just was able with my high level of awareness to be grateful at that moment. Grateful that I even understand when I'm doing that. Some people's whole life is based off a victim story they're telling themselves that nothing goes their way, nobody helps them, this, that, and the other. It took me about four seconds of speaking that way to be like, you are the biggest fucking vagina on earth, you fucking bitch. I was so mad at myself, but I was so happy at the same time. That's what people don't get. Like I said before, love is a high-frequency emotion. Anger is a low-frequency emotion. Not the lowest. It's the highest of the low, anger is. But if I'm angry a lot, but I've learned to love and accept my anger, does that make it high-frequency? It does. So anything negative happening to you, the second you love and accept it, it's automatically high frequency. You're automatically in an elevated state if you can learn to love and accept. And this is someone who's made the biggest mistakes, and I've been able to forgive myself. Some of the pussy shit out here, all you viewers and everybody out there, what the fuck? Let yourself go from the shit that you're holding yourself to, the story you're telling yourself, the mistakes you made. If you still have breath in your fucking lungs, you need to love and accept this moment and get the fuck to work. And the first place to work is on your fucking self. Get the fuck in the gym. Pull the food back to where it should be. Start talking to yourself correctly. Read from personal development people. These are the professionals in mindset and development. Read from them. They really fucking know what they're talking about. The second you get some gems and some quotes that you can hold on to, they become fail-safes for when you start to go down that route that rabbit hole when you start to go negative and you can pick yourself up at any moment with these simple daily habits that I've shown in my book on my content and everywhere else. And everybody talks about them. Like every bodybuilder from the dawn of time said it was iron therapy. Can you fucking listen to the motherfuckers? Put your fucking phone down. If you need to, when you're feeling negative, when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling hopeless and just go fucking murder a workout, go do a chest shoulders try routine just murder put the see who you are walking out and do this for me when you're at that high frequency state define yourself there that's the new you moving forward when you're feeling your best and life's going to work out and you're in that high frequency state define yourself there too many people define themselves at that low and that's who they've called themselves it's fucking horrendous it, it must frustrate you to see so many people in that negativity state that that just don't see what is falling through their fingers, and that's time. You you have seen uh, shit that I never see. We've spoken about it openly and honestly, but that doesn't define you. You're moving on to, to, to greatness, and every single day you're still looking at yourself in the mirror with everything that's materialistic around you saying, I know I can do better. I fucking demand it for myself. I choose to serve people over serve myself. If I sit there and fucking get too comfortable... I've equated and coupled comfort in my mind with regression. I've equated and coupled comfort in my mind with fucking failed failure. Like I do not want to be comfortable. I, I like discomfort has been coupled in my mind with progress and progression. But what people don't really realize is love is spelled T I M E. We're we're giving everyone our love right now. We're we're giving them our time. If someone gives you their time, they love you. They're showing love for you for that moment. And that's something that I'm going to, I need to start focusing more on, not spreading myself so thin, but that's why the internet's so powerful. You can give a message to so many people at once instead of just saying, I'm just working with my wife and my kids. You have, the greater the message, the higher, you, the higher it elevates you and everybody else. Do you feel like the, the, the old West has uh, spread itself thin and not focused on kind of the 
I'll, I'll say this. There's a quote that, that I was told a number of years ago probably resonates now more than ever, and that is, I'd rather have four quarters than 100 pennies. And that hits home more than ever now because now I'm retired. I'm not the racehorse that's winning the races. I truly see who's around me. Yes, I'm on the chapters new, but I've, I'm pouring into the people I've always pouring into me. See, I honestly, I treat my normal client, John Katz from New York, the same as I treat some super celebrity who's one of my clients. That's probably why they like me. Because the super celebrity guy knows I don't give a fuck who he is. I don't give a shit. It's how, it's the connection. And if they've yet to connect with themselves at the level, I can't connect with them. And the other people are so, so humble. Uh, Today on a call, I'm like, you motherfucker to this dude. And he's like, what? I'm like, you don't fucking get it. You're making this so transactional. It's sickening. The biggest thing everyone should realize out there is life should be relational over transactional. And if you go after, if you're getting a coach like me or something, seek to get in and and cultivate a relationship. Don't ask, what can you do for me? How are you? I don't, the guy like me does not need your 20 grand, but your life is going to be changed from the 20 grand you spend to learn how to become a coach and make millions or to learn how to get yourself right. And then, because I have my first program where I teach people to get right. It's 299 to 2000. I just training macros, mindset, we get you right. We get you off the drugs, the negativity. We make you the best version of you. Once we make the best version of you, you elevate to my next program that is 3000 to 20000 a year. Now you go learn how to make money like I did helping others. There is nothing better than this. It's self-actualization and self-transcendence. That's Maslow's Law of Growth Needs. If you look at Maslow's Law of Growth Needs, I actually did this. That quote that I was talking about on my rack, create the individual mire, give them to the world. Self-actualization, self-transcendence. The way my program's set up, create the best you, teach others to do the same, self-actualization to self-transcendence. If you look at the top people who've studied human needs, it's to make, first off, be selfish, make the best you. That's the first phase for all you motherfuckers that are lost. Be selfish, work on you, make the best you. When you've created that version of you that needs to be taught and you need to guide people, then you transcend self and you become the teacher. You, you probably had so many great testimonies. The most. Uh, how, can you give me one? Doesn't, no names mentioned. Just give me somebody that, oh, that yeah, you may 100%. have met in a, in a really bad spot and, and, and where they are right now. I, two of my top guys, but one, one of them is Superhuman Fathers, Kyle Carnahan. I've actually seen this guy yeah, on Instagram. He, so he yeah. actually, he, paid, he was a firefighter. And he was just such a hardworking dude. had five kids. He is a Superhuman Father. And he came to me. He's I'm slacking. He said, I'm not drinking, I'm not doing drugs, I'm not doing any of that, but I am not loving my life, and I'm completely not connected with my family, my kids, my wife. I'm not connecting with myself. I've gained weight. I feel like shit. We just got him fit again. We got him ripped again. Got him operating from a greater purpose again, which was, it's not a fucking bout you, motherfucker. Mm. The fuck, why the fuck? You had kids, beautiful children, and you think this is still about you, you pussy. And he's, fuck me. What the fuck was I thinking? Looking for fucking the answer in me. You are the answer for them. So then we got him right. And then he said, can you teach me to teach others to do this? He paid me 7,500 for my three month program. Now he makes about 340,000 a month coaching other fathers to, and, and not even that the purpose. And then his wife started warrior mom fitness. 
to where she's helping other people too. And she's she probably about 50,000 a month. He's doing about three, they're doing about 400,000 a month. They live down the street from my mansion in a mansion when he used to be a firefighter, bro. Barely making it. Incredible. What the fuck else could it ever be? I have everything. I'm only free right now. I'm free when I'm building me. And I know the intention is to help others. I'm free when I'm actually helping others and giving this love, this time. I'm free now. When I'm fucking going over numbers and this and that, I am not free. Like, I literally probably have to send out 175. I, I've sent out like 200,000 and things that I have to pay people after this. And that's nothing. It's yeah. con- I consistently pay out 200, 400, 600, large amounts of money all the time. But I'm bringing in a lot. Mm. So it's all relative. We were speaking about that off air without getting into the details. It's not just about you and your one man one man band. No, you've got staff, you've got accountants, you got. It doesn't matter. We got lawyers. I have a lawyer that talks to my lawyers. Yeah, we go. So when you have a lawyer that has to oversee <laughs> your lawyers, and people are like, "Why do you have all these lawyers?" I'm like, "There's always shit." Yeah, but the thing is. I need one. I have people who I talk to directly, and they get paid just to facilitate my speech to these other people. Yeah. So they know how to talk to me. They know how to change the lingo from this person. The person coming in with this fucking just massively <laughs> negative way of viewing something when it's not. And he says it to me correctly. But uh, yeah, we have a lot of shit like that going on. That's just what happens when you get to a certain level. Mm-hmm. When you get to a certain level, you better have that protection. But that is that's an undertaking in itself, right? So for you to just be the guy that you are, are for everybody else and then hear everything that you don't want to hear, like the negativity that comes along, even which another talk about topic I want to talk about is the hit that you get online and how you you receive that. And it's very interesting to me what you said before we went live because I, I just brought it up not expecting us to go into that topic. You have as much love as you have. You also get people who, whether they know you or not, will hear a sentence and spin it into something. They'll take a story and put it in as truths or create something fabricated and, and put it out there. So how do you deal with that too? I consider the source. So it's never someone above you that's hating on you. So I consider the source first off. And then I really just understand that people hate on what they gave up on. And they're hating on directly the area which they gave up on in their life. It's a mirror. They're looking at your life and hating on that area where they quit, where they failed. It really has to do with them. So it really points. I love hate on it on social media. I don't know why. Because it tells me when I'm low frequency. If I'm sitting there getting triggered by comments, it's because I'm at a low frequency enough state to vibrate with that negativity. When I'm in a high frequency state, after this podcast, you you can tell me anything and I'm going to be vibing so high from giving all my energy and my love and all my knowledge and wisdom to people out there that need this and to share with you that I won't even be able to see it. I can't even see negativity when I'm in a high frequency state. All I see is the the emotions that I am, love, gratitude, enlightenment, acceptance. I mean, you're at a powerful place right there. When you're in a low-frequency state, all is negativity. So that's all these people see. They're just, you could be doing, you could be doing God's work, which we are, and they could only see the negativity that they see that they are. They, They don't see anything else. That's obviously online, right? Oh, yeah, life too, yeah. And then say you're out and about and you get in, like we spoke about 
You've seen somebody today that was like you said at a store or something, and somebody was like, "Oh my god, freaking out!" And then you came into the gym. People knew you in the gym. You go to different places. Whether you strive to be this guy, you are a celebrity Dude, in this it, it world. It trips me out. I think about that if someone made two hundred grand a month and they weren't even famous, that is like a big thing in our world. I make over two million dollars a month, literally. That is psychotic to most people, and I've made it so normal. That I'm like, what? Who gives a fuck? I don't know what people are even seeing in anything. But what I have seen is very famous people that follow me. And they're friends of mine. I'm like, why the fuck does this guy like me so much? It's like very famous people. And I know why. Because I can say what they can't. Like, yeah. they're they're confined by their career, their who they are in society. They have to be censored or they'll lose everything. The fact that I can go on and be like, you titty-having fucking fat little bitch, <laughs> fuck you. They're like, yes, tell them, motherfucker. Like, I get to say what, I get to say what they're thinking. Yeah. And so I've built something. Me and Andy Frazella talk about it all the time. I've built something from the start that was authentic. And a lot of people have traded their authenticity for approval. A lot of people traded their authenticity for approval of others. I don't need to be approved by others. I approved myself every fucking day I got up at 245, every fucking time I didn't miss a workout, every fucking time I wanted to quit in prison, out here or any time that I didn't. And I've outed myself with fucking flying colors in the department of results. And I tell people, gratitude isn't just action. Gratitude is results. What can you do for your people? And all you fucking men out there who say you love your family, you better get some fucking results for them this year. This is in the gym. This is in real life financially to help them. Don't fucking, I just told you I make over $2 million a month. There's no way you can't make 40 fucking grand. Your life changes at 50 fucking grand. If you can make 50 grand profit a month, your life is deeply changed. You don't have to make five. I don't think my life changed that much from 500,000 to 2.5 million. That's going to ask you. About now that, I yeah. just, it, it's arguable if it's better. Sometimes a business like mine, you would rather profit, you'd rather make less and profit more mm. than to make so much and, and eat up the profits with expenses that are growth expenses. So I've grown so quickly, but the profit margins are slowly dropping. Not a lot. I still am like in the 80th, profiting about 80%. But before it was like 90%, even, fuck, it was all profit. Mm. And this was just because it was so organic. But now as you grow, it, when you make, put it this way, when you make 100,000 bucks, you have to spend 40. And I make about $100,000 a day. How the fuck are you going to spend $40,000 a day if you don't have an office full of people that are on payroll and you have a shitload of shit going on? Yeah. So maybe you got to take a $40,000 flight every now and then. <laughs> by by the time you're behind, by the time you've made $100,000 for 30 days straight almost, yeah. you're like, what the fuck? I have to go buy a jet. You have to. I have to go buy a jet or another Phantom or something. I have five Rolls Royces for a reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even fuck. People are like, these cars are rented. You have paper plates on them. All my cars were paid for cash. Oh, they're not rented? They're all fucking paid for. Do I, I would be, do you know how much it would cost to rent these cars? Are people stupid? Do they know yeah. how much it would cost to rent oh. an Aventador for one day? Hey, hey, it's going to be 2500 bucks. Yes. Okay, so I rent that every day. Jesus. They're like, let's lease. They won't lease me that shit. I've been in prison forever. <laughs> my credit score is not, my credit score is high. My, how long I've, how many vehicles I've paid off, 
houses and et cetera, yeah. to be someone who will get a loan on a Phantom or a SVJ, that is not happening. They will not give Wes Watson a $1 million loan for an SVJ. It's not going to happen. Even if you show them how much you make, it's only been going on for a year. I've only been really be making a lot of money for three years. Mm. I've been out five years, nine months. The first year didn't make barely shit. The next year I made, you know, close to a million dollars, which is average. But these next three years I made real money. Can, and that's can, still nothing. Can I talk about that? Because there's, there's guys on this podcast be like, oh my God, them numbers, I can't relate to that. But you truly came out of prison. I know we, we're going back all over the place. Yeah. But I want, this is a fucking in, very important mindset message here. You came out of prison with no credit, no money. Your mindset was changed. You were able to imprison, and, and I remember this part, this conversation. Although consciously, your actions had to be done to the day that you left. You still had to be that prisoner. You still had to throw down when you were asked to throw down, but you were having conflict internally because now your mindset, your spirit was changing. So the moment you got out, there was a new you. You didn't and weren't tempted to go back uh, into the old life and start flipping and hustling and, no. and, and buying. You truly started clawing at that money. Yes, you had your training, uh, your, your training uh, business. Tell the viewers from day one, how fast you rose and the mindset of investing back into yourself and how then that changed. Because again, you said three years, you're a multimillionaire coming out with zero, not in credit. You just said you can't even buy a fucking Phantom because you have the money, but you just don't have the credit. I, so, I have to buy a cash. So, cash. Yeah. so please take us back to that mindset because there's a lot of people sitting there being like, I can't relate to Wes Watson, but they don't realize that they can. Step by step, I built it. But the thing was, I wasn't even drawn to the money. The thing is, profit does solve everything. If you make enough money, you can solve everything. You can solve your personal development issues if you make enough money. Then you'll have more time to work on yourself. My whole thing was, I wasn't drawn by the money. I would have walked to the gym and ate canned chicken and fucking spinach and just fucking... I would have just ate literally the cheapest food possible to be able to walk to the gym be happy and be free and be proud of myself that I was no longer drinking or doing drugs. But the thing was, is I never, I had no idea you could make this type of money doing this. And people don't realize the internet is so crazy. I've monetized and teach a system now to people where they can very easily replicate what I've done. But about year one, I was making nothing like three, like 800 to $3,000 a month on my biggest month, like year one to 15 months. And then the next year, started to make a little more, and I started to blow up on YouTube to where I was making about 15000 a month, 40000 a month, slowly pyramiding up to where at the end of that year, I made about 150000 a month. I stayed stuck at one fifty to three hundred for about another 18 months. That's a month. Uh, well, 150000 to 300000 a month. For, I stayed there for about 18 months after I rose. What really blew me up was I had the same shit. I've had the same program since day one. What people don't realize is they believe in compounding interest with money. They don't believe in, they don't understand compounding lead generation with having the same service. Why do you think so many people will just pull off the freeway and know there's a Big Mac, right? This is what I want. I just, I know they have this. Mm. I'm basically, McDonald's wasn't built off of real estate like these fucks say. It was built off consistency. consistency. 
People know exactly what they serve. But these idiots on online and entrepreneurs, they change their service every day. Like, you go in there, you're like, what menu's today? What the fuck? I wanted the same old shit. Where is it? No one can come back from five years ago and come in and get the same thing you offered five years ago. So my point is, is I've had the same services since I started. So the compact, the leads have compounded where every day someone signs up from three years ago, four years ago, multiple people from every year I've had the same offers and been turned down. Wow. Every time I pitch someone my service and get turned down that they can't afford it, they now know what it costs. They can wait, save up, they can look elsewhere, they can try elsewhere, they can do whatever. But the thing is, they know about it, they know what it costs, and they, they see me still online thriving. So as I rise, they remember, man, he DM'd me personally three years ago. I want to see if it's still him. And that is you. And it is me. I've seen it. I really answer every message still. I have never traded my authenticity for approval of these entrepreneurs guys. These entrepreneur guys are like, get a sales team. I'm like, why? So I can make as little as you do? <laughs> they're like, they're, they're, get, do this. I'm like, why? So I can make less money? They don't realize when you try to tell Wes Watson to do it your way, yeah. you better be beating him, and you're mm. not. These guys in my space, they tried to tell me this is a better way. I'm like, I make more money than you. Why would you try to tell me it's better to do it your way? What you're trying to say is that would probably add to what you're doing, and that may be right, mm. but you need to focus on organic relationships. I have cultivated so many relationships online, I will be rich for life because I've done stuff front end. I've brought front end value to so many people online that they love me because I've saved them. I was there when they were struggling. Most people weren't. Their closest people weren't. I was fucking there. And the reason I was there is because I'm there. I'm still back in prison in my heart. I'm still always in pain. And why am I still always in pain? Because that's my purpose, motherfucker. My purpose is to show people that pain is the prerequisite to their purpose and overcoming of it. The overcoming of what is just burnt. It's so hard to tell a fat person that they were given that pain of being fat to then get in good shape and be able to convey the message from their eyes to another human that they know how you feel and you must listen to them. And that's what they don't get. You have these fat parents making fat kids, and they literally don't realize they passed on their greatest source of pain to those they supposedly love the most. It's so fucking horrendous. Like, you know being fat ruined your life, and you just made your kid fat, you piece of shit. Fuck you. Literally, you're a fucking horrible person. It should be child abuse, fucking asshole. But th this is the thing. <laughs> it's so crazy. They're literally making their kids fat, and being fat ruin their life. They can't even put on a shirt they like without being like, oh my God, I look like shit. I hate myself. And they just made their kid fat. I can't even remember what the fucking question was, but I'm, I totally agree with you, by the way. We went way off. Yeah, but I love that. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Welcome to a podcast in West Watson. Fuck, dude. But they, they, it's true they, though. But it, no, your pain is a prerequisite to your purpose. And the mm. thing is, I still know pain greatly. Good. I'm glad I do. I'm not jaded enough to believe I'll never have pain again in my life. You truly believe that? I need it. You need it. We need it. The greatest thing I could ever teach you is to resonate in your pain, well, is to sit there and really face it. Let me ask you this then. Have you ever thought about not being in pain and what that life could teach you? I don't even, I don't need it. The thing you is, don't need it. does pain even exist if you accept it? 
there's no pain to me. There's just a moment of teaching. Like wisdom is pain overcome. So I'm consistently growing at a rate they never could. I believe they have pain. They're just oblivious of it. Like ignorance is bliss at that point. They think they're not in pain and they're walking by you with crazy tits that would make us feel like shit. Like a dude walking by, I'm totally cool. No, ignorance is bliss at that moment. He really doesn't believe he's in pain because he's so fucking out of touch with himself Mm. that he doesn't realize having this horrible body that he gave himself has ruined his life. He's so ignorant to that fact. He's so unaware of it that he's walking around saying he's fine. And me and Flex care more about ourselves than that. We're like, dude, if I had your body, I'd fucking, I would hide. I wouldn't even live that way for one fucking second, motherfucker. What the fuck's the matter with you? You're not in pain having that as your physique. You're not in pain showing that to your children. Whatever that shit is that you've created over the last 10 years. You fucking moron. And your kids are sitting there like looking up to people like Flex like he's a superhero. Like people like him don't exist. When everybody I know has bicep veins, they're jacked as fuck. They don't look like Flex. But to normal people, if you're somewhat jacked, they think we all look the same if we're, like, wearing a shirt. They're like, yeah, he looks the same. I'm like, yeah, right. That fool's got straight veins in his tricep. He's fucking he's full of, he's crazy as fuck swole compared to me. But to a normal person, they're like, the guy's just swole. Yeah. They don't fucking know the difference. They're so oblivious. Mm. There's a question online. For you specifically, that uh, they're asking, have you ever dealt with any relapses, whether that be a Never. relapse in drugs no, or, no, or anything no. like that? It, no, any relapse whatsoever? No, I literally, I don't. People call it a disease. They call it this. They call it that. Yeah, fuck that. It's a choice. People are like, I'm fighting my demons. Motherfucker, you're paying the repercussions of your actions. Grow the fuck up. When I realized I was destroying my, my life with drugs and alcohol, I decided to call myself a bitch. Not call myself an addict who needs to go talk to Tim and Tommy, a bunch of losers in an AA meeting. I need to look in the mirror and say, Wes, you're a fucking bitch. Fuck you, pussy. Stop fucking doing this shit, idiot. And the whole thing is what people need, it's, they, they need to program their mind correctly. It's called conscious auto-suggestion. There's a main thing in your life that needs to change. Conscious auto-suggestion's the way. You have to tell yourself all day, the test is coming. The test is coming. If I fail, I'm a bitch. If I fail, I'm a bitch. The test is coming. The test is coming. If I fail, I'm a bitch. I'm a fucking bitch. I'm a fucking bitch. It has to be way simple. Conscious auto-suggestion is the most simple form of reprogramming your mind. And I did it in a prison cell by looking in a scuffed-up-ass, shitty-ass mirror that you can't even see your own fucking face in and being like, if you keep relapsing, you're a fucking bitch. Look at you. You're crying. You got yourself all high and all drunk, and you got yourself all beat up, and you're crying. You fucking pussy. You think you're a man? Like these men out here who think they're men, who get all drunk and act like grab-ass little broads, you're fucking lame as shit. I'll pull up in a phantom, get out jacked, and fucking just stroll up like what? Your kids are going to look at me like, who is this? This guy's amazing. He's not my stupid, lame dad right there. Be great. What the fuck, you guys? Be great. Be so fucking immaculate with your perception of self that you have to be. Dude, Flex right there in that double back bicep, he, d- he didn't even think he was in good enough shape right there. 
And then he looks back at it, he's, whoa, I was in hella shape. But like in that, the wall, in, that, in that moment, he wasn't good enough for himself, I bet. We never are. That's the top people. They're never good enough. Why the fuck are you guys okay with driving a shit bucket with your family, having your kids see a Lambo, freak out? Whenever kids see dope cars, they're like, oh my God. Well, they're so truthful. Kids are real truthful. They'll just see a dope car and it makes them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when adults see a certain car, it makes them feel a certain way. Yeah, that's I was going to ask. Inspired or insecure. Someone who gets insecure by financial success is a fucking bitch, broad, lame motherfucker. And someone who gets inspired by financial success is an honest individual. Because it doesn't. the person who's smart enough could say, I don't want to necessarily have five Rolls Royces, but I want enough money to be able to take my family on good trips mm-hmm. and be able to not stress about fucking bills and shit. So that person's just aware enough. He doesn't need to hate on your choice of the money. He needs to just say, how do I make that money? I'm going to apply it my own way. I'm going to save all the dogs. That's actually what one of my homies does. <laughs> he made so much money as like a helping dogs and stuff like that and gambling and all this shit. He's like super successful. But in the end of who the guy is, if you didn't like him or not, you'd see the dude's very giving. And the thing is, that's what we that's what we're doing here. We care so fucking much about people thriving that we're giving our time. We're giving our lives. I've given my life to this. I've given myself a life sentence of servitude. When you strip all Wes Watson the way that you see on Instagram, you're a very giving person. Everybody who I'm we have mutual friendships with all say that about yourself. You're very available. That's then I told you, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Find a top person who's got time for you. They have no fucking time for you. None. Mm. I've texted you fucking at, actually, just for the viewers know, it's like he doesn't wake up at 2.45. How many times have I texted you? He texts me all the time, right? When he's up at 4. He's like, what's up? Boom, boom. I'm already up grinding. Yeah, you've already been up. Bro, what's up? I've only been up for an hour and 15 minutes. Why are you fucking late? No, nobody could get me. I'm always up. I, I've tried and I've tested and you've tested and passed many times. This is not just like a one and done thing. See, they get all mad because they're like, but for to induce proper hypertrophy, you have to be in REM state and need all this sleep. Fuck, I don't need that much sleep. What the fuck? You want me to force it? Yeah, so how much sleep do you have, Wes? Because that's probably a question that's going to be asked after this podcast. I, I basically get like four or five hours. Sometimes none. Sometimes I don't sleep. You don't Sometimes I do not sleep. Wow. Like, I, I have to, I work. If, yeah. if your phone was ringing all fucking day. Yeah. If your phone was dinging all day, mm-hmm. and each ding could be $20,000, would you fucking sleep? I mean, it's hard to sleep with 20 grand, right? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm answering all the messages and I see it as building my brand, my purpose, my vision, more money, yeah. more that I could do. I mean, my whole thing is I, yesterday's wins aren't today's wins. So today I have a certain quota and I don't care how many millions I have stacked. I have to do, I'm fucking, I'm institutionalized. I have to do 30 grand a day in sales. I have to, I won't even be, I won't even be able to do anything till I do that. Do you think you'll ever lose that mentality, that prison mentality? Yeah, I'll lose 30 and I'll move on to 300. <laughs> yeah, you were saying the last that podcast was, it's always a competition for you. And, and you waking up, you still have that mentality of... Always first. First in, in the, the chow line, first, that first, first. And that I mentality has come straight from... Is the biggest GP. thing. Yeah, I the way you show who you are in prison is by your program, by the way you show up each day. So every day I was always up first reading. always I was always first in every movement before we left the door. 
I was just always first in the areas that we all competed in. Mm -hmm. Let's see who's who. And if someone tried to beat me, I knew they were only going to do it for a few days before they tired and they went back to, but everybody else isn't doing it. I'm not everyone else, motherfucker. I'm going to do it. That's what people don't get about social media. They try to make posts that other people will like. I do what the fuck and I set it in stone and then people gravitate around that. If you're the set pillar that's unmoving, people will gravitate towards that because that's essentially the answer to everything that you could never sway. Imagine if you never swayed on your diet, you never swayed on your business, you never swayed on these things. It would be completely unreasonable to believe that you wouldn't be at the top. So that's the whole that's the premise behind all my shit. I need the fucking for sure route. I don't want to be able to pull like a lot of these guys contents like no but you can still be successful and do this i don't want to be that i want to know i beat you as a man i want to know that i gave more of what i was obviously i don't have the genetics like some other people to look a certain way all the time some people look better some people this some people that but what's under my control my ability to be who the fuck i am each day that's what i control and then that turns into a certain fucking result. That that is, and I'm sure you've seen these comments. That like, there's no way he's like that every single day. Yeah, the, the the whole point behind it is in prison. It's just way different. You don't really sleep in prison. They're jangling key when they walk every hour, and it's a quiet building. You can hear their keys jangling the whole fucking time. Mm. They come up and they shine a flashlight in your face every hour. Oh fuck. Why the fuck do they think I can sleep super good? For 10 years, I had a flashlight shined in my face every hour. And as the people walk that hour, you're hearing their keys. They're checking doors. There's noise. You're not sleeping in your perfect little fucking bed at your Nana's house, bro. This isn't what it is, motherfucker. Like, in, you have to be up at a certain time. So you have to lay, you have to do these things. This is 10 years of programming. I'm different than most people. Why would you believe that someone who is able to do all this stuff that's unbelievable would have habits that are unbelievable? What the fuck? I have an unbelievable lifestyle because my habits are not believable. They're unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Unrealistic lifestyle takes unrealistic habits. Tyus, is there anything in the chat that good questions have? (coughs) I've got some questions. Let's go. (laughs) And this is going to be personal, but I'm curious if you got... If you can have the vulnerability to say, here's what I'm working on. Like, what is your current development path when you've got, you've been, you've chopped down so many big obstacles in your life. I'm assuming those obstacles get smaller. What does that look like for you now? My biggest source of growth right now is to, is to just attach more to my soul and attach, just get more spiritual and come back to that feeling. But it's really going to be training. Like, I experience a massive connection with myself during my training. And it's very difficult to put down your phone when you have close to a million dollars worth of expenses a month to put down your phone and not make that 30 grand, not make that 30 grand, not make that 30 grand while training. I want to put my phone down when I get back to Miami while I'm training. I want to really train. And then I want to get someone to come actually work with me on like stretching and recovery and stuff like that. And I want to get more in tune with myself and my body and invest in myself more so that I'm, I can rebuild uh, areas of me that are slightly broken or slight there are diminishing a bit. And I, it's not really ever going to be the end result of like how Wes looks after this. 
It's going to be the work that I know I put into myself. So I need to start putting more work back into myself, which was the origin of what built me in the first place. You mentioned earlier that you, you called it frequency, but a lot of people might think of it as like being in a good mood or a bad mood or whatever the case may be. But let's say somebody is at a low frequency based off that definition. How do you change that frequency in somebody? Oh, you got to understand what makes you vibe high. I've never seen someone leave the gym in a bad attitude. Have you ever really seen someone crush a crazy workout and be like, <laughs> fuck this, fuck my life? I've never seen it. Wow. If, if, if we did a quick blood oxidation levels alone will bring you into a certain mood. You can't wake up laughing. You can't wake up smiling. It doesn't happen. There's not enough oxygen in the blood. So after, if we went and did a really high intensity, like hit training, or we were just doing arms back and forth with pushups and we're really breathing heavy, or we did something like, that's why burpees work so well to elevating because you're getting so much fucking blood flow. And you're just breathing super heavy. The whole thing, even Gary Brecka says that he does on a plane flight where he feels like he's, am eh, I'm losing my mood. I don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. He'll go in the fucking lavatory, the bathroom, and he'll do a hundred air squats and breathe really heavy while he's doing them. And that'll elevate his mood. There's a reason why, like I said, it's always going to be the peak. During peak physical performance, no negative in state cannot coexist. No negative internal state cannot coexist during peak physical performance. So that's always going to be the way to elevate yourself. But everybody's an asshole. When I go speak to big events and, and large groups of people, I can feel the consensus of the crowd, and they're wanting the money without being physically fit. They're wanting the mindset change without being physically fit. There's just some block there. And what we all know, everybody knows this, where you're, the most of your growth will come from the area that you're avoiding. So whatever you're avoiding is where the most, if for you that's dropping the alcohol, then it'll come from there. Even if you're the most in shape motherfucker, if you're avoiding getting rid of your negative vices, your most growth will come from there. So it doesn't have to be the other way around, but just for the most part, normal people are neglecting their physical shape, their aesthetic look, and they're neglecting physical fitness and exercise. So when I talk to a group of people and I'm talking about money and then I bring it back to fitness, I feel the whole fucking, that whole room, a thousand people at this last event I was at, you can feel the whole room constrict a bit. They're like, ah, they like want every answer but the fitness. They want every answer except that. Why? Because it's just, they've just, they've correlated, they've defined it in their mind as uncomfortable. There is nothing more comfortable in my life than hitting buys and tries with with a, a, some good carbs in right before. Something I like to eat, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll eat a pastry or something <laughs> and just to get that mega pump. I used to see, what's his name, Mountain Dog. He would have an insulin bomb. He would have a straight fucking, some blueberry fucking croissant or I don't know, some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, he would yeah. just go massacre, get a big old pump. But uh, when you have that sugary fucking carb before the arm routine or, or you have a muffin before like legs or something and the veins are popping out and your shit's pressed against the skin and you're already lean. If you're not lean, this isn't going to fucking work. You're just going to be, <laughs> here's gonna be a fat fuck. Everybody's just going to fucking yeah. use that line and study oh, muffins. He, he, he told me to have six donuts. When I got out of prison, if you look at my first videos of out of prison, I was fucking 265 and yoked. You're I mean, big. But I, I was still missing the real meat and potatoes, the thick back. My VMO never really grew. I didn't put enough time into it. I'm genetically hindered in a few muscle groups, which everyone is. But there were some areas I didn't put the years in to grow essentially how I wanted to. But my arms and and, and my quads, like my vastus lateralis, my outer quad, 
and my buys and tries and like my upper chest veins and my shoulders, man, when I would go eat, I would get, I would deplete my carbs for a few days before, not yeah. fully, but then right before I'd go hit arms and I would go pump shoulders and arms, I would have six fucking donuts. Really? That's in the, the parking that's lot. That's the like, secret, huh? Like six motherfuckers. <laughs> that's stupid as shit, but people do that off season just to get a big pump and, and yeah. you're not dieting. You're going to, you're going to build up again. But I, I never, I always did cuts and reverses. So mm. I always I always dieted like a bodybuilder. I trained like a bodybuilder. But I never ever thought about doing shows or anything because it just wasn't my thing. I just did. I I was just in competition with myself getting jacked. But I have a true X frame. Like I have a really wide clavicle. I have a big va- uh, big vastus lateralis, big outer quad, and my waist is is pretty pretty narrow and can get more narrow if I don't fucking just mm. completely neglect it. But I had the frame where I was like I could be a three hundred pound bodybuilder if I really pushed it. I was like 265 and I couldn't take it. I just was like, no. I couldn't even fucking breathe. But we spoke about that. Yeah, that's doing, that's just, yeah. Uh, doing these arm routines and stuff, that, that was, it makes you feel so fucking good. Even walk around the day room in prison, I would make a curl bar with two magazine stacks. And then I would do triceps off of a desk like this, just called skull crushers, body weight skull crushers with curls. And I would walk around the day room and my bicep vein would just bust and my arms were just swollen. And I had eaten like probably four or five top ramen noodles, just the noodles right before with some sauce on them. And I had that pump and it, it, there's no better fucking feeling. If you don't know that feeling, get the fuck to work. Be a, this is a problem with men. They're so fucking passive and bitch made. They don't even know how easily that they could just feel that power of what a man should fucking be. The pump is the cure, right? Pump is the fucking cure. Um, on the prison topic, and going back to our opening first minute of the last podcast, you talked about a front cover that I had up in the old room. And you were like, I know that front cover. Always. That's something that I remember reading when I was in my, uh, what you say, in your bunk, right? Yeah, yeah. I got your gift. Oh, hell yeah. I found this. That's so massive. It's in the, uh, find, find the page. It's in the, uh, there's something in there. Oh, that's so <laughs> I don't know if that brings any memories uh, back. So I used to look at Flex's backyard right here. He had his, see, before I can even go through it, I'll show you. He had his dogs in here. There's one of him, like, playing pool in one of your, one of your picks. Bro, you've, how long have you not seen that for? I haven't seen this for four years. Wow. Like, here's his dogs and his. And That's then, incredible. Then you keep going back, there's a, I know there's one of him. Yeah, he's by the pool right here. As my wife was three weeks and then away. And then there's a billiard shot that I was just talking about. He was playing pool right there. I, I used to read this magazine over and over. I would see Flex forums. I trained forearms every day when I was in prison. Pornhub, that's called. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I would train forearms every fucking day. And I, I would do, you know, do a heavy day, a high rep day. I would try everything. I would make bags to do behind the back wrist curls, front wrist curls on reverse. And I just, I fucking... You need to be jacked. Who the fuck, what type of man really believes that in this lifetime he's going to be able to be so subpar in the physical department and enjoy a good life? Matt, from uh, me to you, uh, when you told me that story, I was like, wow. The fact, and just solidified now, the fact right that you're I just man, remembered every fucking photo. What, what is the date on that? Can you see? Oh, man, this is. But a, I'm just proving my this point. Is, uh, 16. So, yeah, October 2016. Bro, come on. I knew what I knew it was 16. 
I, when you're in prison, you go that's through impressive. calendars. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah. But that's just proved it, too, because who the fuck would know the exact I, pictures of them? Flex probably <laughs> didn't even know. He was in there taking the damn pictures. <laughs> I looked at it just before I, I got it, so I, I got that fucking out. Hot I was like, man, he's got everything. Thing. Look at his backyard. Look at his dogs. He's got a wife. He's got a beautiful house. Oh, my God, to have that. And I want to know it's so crazy, you guys. The other day I was pulling out of my fucking nine-acre mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, and I was in a black ghost, one of five Rolls Royces I have. The neighbors across the street who live in a very small house, my house, it's a compound. I sat there and watched them watch me pull out, and they don't know who I am. And then I was like, if I saw a guy pulling out of an equal or even a little bit lesser home than that in a Rolls Royce, and I didn't know who he is, I would shit myself. I'd be like, who the fuck is this man right here? So that equated to me very quickly of the space I fulfill in the world of what's possible. You guys, you're an offering to the fucking world. You're an offering to the world. You have to live outwardly. Fuck these motherfuckers who hide everything they do. They're scared as shit. They don't want to show you anything. They don't want to teach you shit. Flex was showing his whole life in there in the magazine and I come to you today to tell you that in my worst of times in prison, that motivated me to work out. What motivated me, after I was motivated to work out and I made a good body, that made me confident enough to speak. Once I was confident enough to speak, I was able to be my own man. A lot of you guys need to start with the body and you need to be confident enough to really speak and hold the floor. Then you can become your own man and start your own shit. Janice on, or Janos online asks... What makes us strong enough to put the positive spin on the negative events? And I have a follow-up question after that question. If life was just all positive shit, then what would it be? The negative events are what prove. I told you guys, I'm more proud of what I've overcome than what I've done. So you're telling me with that question that you just want to do a bunch that's amazing? You don't want to have to overcome anything? You're going to be a spoiled little bitch. We all know those people who were given all this money, given all this shit. They're fucking little punks. They've never been crazy successful or even respected at all. We respect fucking Braveheart, like going to war, blood on your face, killer. None of you guys have even, you guys are calling a problem not getting your way. You guys refer to adversity as not getting your way. That's just not getting your way. True adversity is when you're going to yard every day and motherfuckers are, Every day someone's getting stabbed. In California prison, every day, the last 10 minutes, there's cleanup. Every single time you go to yard, the last 10 minutes, people get stabbed. We all know it's going to happen because these are dope debts. These are problems. It's not just, hey, go stab Flex. Like, everyone knows it's happening. Thank God. Flex is 30 days or three weeks past paying for the 200 bucks of dope he got. And any day now, it's going down to him. And that's just what it is. That's prison. It's drug debts. When people are getting checked for drug debts, they're getting stabbed up. Sometimes it's bad paperwork and all that other shit. But those are much more serious and they happen right away. And most people don't, not widely known about, unless it slips through the cracks, that this dude's a chomo, don't let him leave type shit. But um, every fucking day people are getting stabbed. And it's just, they wait till the end of yard because they don't want to ruin your yard. Because it's going to happen every day. So they want us to have our full yard, and then the yard goes down. 
if they go do it at the start of the yard, mm. all the other racers would be so pissed. They'd be like, motherfucker, we didn't even get our yard. You had to lay the fucking yard down because we want to work out. What the fuck? We want to be outside, bitch. The fuck? And you only have one time a day you can get that, right? One time a day. Some places, too. But most places, you go to the yard once. Wow. Tyus, what was the follow-up? <laughs> uh, yeah, so as your profile has grown... Obviously, so has your audience base. And while there's definitely, there's a bunch of love in this chat, there's gratitude, you're motivating people to go to the gym, but there's also hate out there. And I'm curious how you manage that hate. Do you ignore the haters oh, I just, or do you I, use it as a consensus to figure out what feedback is? It's laughable. The, what people are, they talk about stuff they've never even done. People are like, oh, those cars are rentals. You just said that I'm bawling as fuck. That means I pay 20 grand a day to rent my cars. Thank you. I must be crazy. Way more rich than I'm saying. These are people who are so undereducated. One of these idiots said, yeah, Wes Watson scams people when he launders his money through his cars. How the fuck would that work? How does anyone get scammed online nowadays? You tell me. How is it possible when you pay with a credit card and if someone wants to, they can just dispute the charge these people are liars nobody has ever been scammed online unless they're so stupid and so undereducated that they don't just dispute the charge from the scam they may have gotten scammed when they didn't do the workout that you supplied them and the diet you supplied them but they scammed their motherfucking selves mm. that's the whole point Oh, he didn't deliver. What, he didn't powder your nuts? That guy fucking got ripped. What the fuck's the matter with you, bitch? That's the thing. But nobody can get scammed online. They, people just dispute the charge and they get the money back. These are all lies. No, you can't. If, if I buy something that I don't like, I would, I'd be like, they didn't even send it. Get my money back. Is that the same thing where you've got all these guys that are trying to get rice from you on YouTube? Oh, they get, yeah, they get clickbait. They want to say your name. That's like every rapper. They're like, you couldn't, if you don't say my name in your song, it won't get played. <laughs> this is like the fucking, the tabloids. When you walk through the fucking store, they got Kim Kardashian on there holding like a fucking, I don't know, it's just fake. It's like the fucking, whatever, the National Enquirer. They're like, look, the fucking... Kanye did this. It's That's not even close to real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine all the shit these real famous people go through. But, I mean, they just want clickbait. They, they won't get played unless your name's in there. If you go on someone's page, when they're making their normal videos, they get no views. But when they say Wes Watson, they get a lot of views. Do you not understand what the fuck they're doing, you fucking lames? Oh, it's just everyone's so negative that they like the drama more. They're like, oh, cool, drama. It's because they've never really had drama. I don't really buy into drama because I've had a lot of drama in my life. The point is, so, but everyone should know what that is. Clout chasing, everybody should know what it is. And any man who makes videos with another man's name in his headline negative is a fucking lame snitch bitch motherfucker. Straight up. Pussiest bitch ever. I'll never have another man's name in my headline in a negative way to get views. I would do it in a positive way. Like, I work with this guy. This is my homie. Yeah, as a positive way, never negative. Bitch, snitch, lame fucks. Mm. Changing the, the fucking angle, yeah? yeah Slightly. Yeah, I love it. I know you do. Um, mm. in the, They on. said they were going to come to the Driven event and fuck me up. I put it in the thing. I said, come. And then I screenshotted the guy. I said, make sure you buy a VIP ticket. Go front row. He's like, we're in L.A. Just don't, We want that smoke. I'm going to come get you. I post it. I say, cruise, motherfucker. 
none of these people have ever done. I, I said, I would be more proud of you if you did come fuck me up. Because then for once in your fucking pathetic life, you actually stuck to your words, you fucking lame. Jesus. But the only person who ever came anywhere to fuck me up was my own mom. And she came to the gym and she was she, she threw some blows on me a little she bit. She did? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But that's the only person who's ever been gangster enough to pull up where I'm at. Because I don't hide. I post where I'm at every fucking morning. Yeah. Anyone could come at any fucking time. Where the fuck are they? They're just out there trying to get views and talking like they're going to do something. I seen some fucking clip where somebody was in the gym that were trying to roll you up, and you were just, you just like, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what it fucking is. I don't know. Yeah, you kind of, it's, it's nothing that even it went. It didn't go anywhere. No, it, was, no, it was more like clickbait kind of. Yeah, no, they they always try to do that shit. But if if you really wanted, I used to, I went to prison for really causing problems. These halfway problem motherfuckers, if they were really bad motherfuckers, they would be in prison. And I'm trying to tell people I don't want to go back to prison. I don't want problems. I don't, it doesn't even, it does nothing for me to hurt another motherfucker. It's very hard for me not to, but it does nothing for me to hurt someone. I would feel like shit. Even if one of my haters came up and they really pushed me and pushed me and I hurt them really bad, it would bother me in my heart. You feel bad. I wouldn't want to hurt them. I wouldn't want to. It, what would it do for me? And broke people always do this. No rich person wants a big old problem. No, no person who's striving financially is going looking for fights and looking for problems. It's got to be difficult for you where you know. The, the worst thing for some of these people is that I have top lawyers, and if I want to, I can tie them up in litigation for saying my name so fucking bad, they will pay me the rest of their life. Like, I will seriously prove how they've hindered my business, how they've defamed my name, how they've cost me X amount of money. It'll cost me some money. Cost me about 70 grand, probably. I'll ruin their fucking life so bad. They'll owe me every a portion of every check they get for the rest of their life. Wow. That's a new kind of physical violence. Right? Yeah, but I don't even want to do that. I'm like, dude, just, I just want to go. But if someone makes me do it, I'll do it, and I'll cause an example out of them. And then I'll post a fucking video. Ah, look how much this fucking lame bitch has to pay me the rest of his life. Dumb. Stupid well, motherfuckers. The, the lifestyle obviously brings and generates a lot of hate, and that's one of the reasons. Money I'm triggers people so bad, I love it. Mm. I love showing lots of money because it triggers people so bad. Guess what, haters? This watch was 310000 It was a deal. It's really worth five hundred. The only other person I've seen have it is LeBron James. How you feel about that? Richard Mill, right? Yeah, yeah. Richard Mill. Richard. How, how, how do you feel about that? Some bum motherfucker who got out of prison five years and nine months ago with a half-million-dollar watch. You, If you haven't even cracked your first million, shut the fuck up and go make some money. It's 2023. A million dollars is pocket change. Before we land the plane, I do want to say, since, again, you were on the last podcast, you've now living after here. You go back to Miami. I think it was, what, two weeks ago you were on the Lamborghini yacht. I don't know if that's yours or it's a friend that's of yours. That's my buddy. Yeah. yeah, but nonetheless. There's a, yeah, there's only two. They offered me the one in Miami that just touched down, and it was like a million bucks down, 20000 a month. I just don't have the time to set it all up. I'd have to get a boat dock. I'd do all this. I fucking, I don't have time to do that right now. I'm getting a jet before I get a yacht. That that's you're spending a fortune fucking flying was a hundred grand to come from east to oh, west. Yeah, I, I spend about three hundred thousand a month. If I'm traveling a lot, I spend about three hundred thousand that month traveling, and that's relative. Imagine if someone made twenty grand a month. Mm. Imagine if someone made twenty five thousand, and on a a big month of them traveling, they spent three thousand, mm. right? 
Yeah, someone who makes two point five million on a big month traveling, they spend three hundred grand. Totally, it's apples. No, it's all a matter of like your situation and perspective. Like, like you said, it's relevance, right? It's, the, it's all relevant. A yeah. travel budget has to match a travel budget. When a company gets too big, it needs jets. I just saw, what's his name, Ralph Lauren's jet, the company Restoration Hardware, their jet. I would see these custom jets that some of these top people make. Oh, they're fucking, these people are on a whole different plane of existence. G700s, G550s, G650s, fully done up. The 700 starts at 70 million. How many months, years, are you feel you're off that west? I'll be, I'll be uh, playing by the middle of next year. That's the goal. Yeah, but it'll be like five to seven million, and I'll split it, and I go, I'll go half on someone, and then they'll be like, "It's rented." I'm like, <laughs> "It's leased," but that's the thing with the jet. You could ride off the whole jet. The yacht would actually be smart. I could yeah. put a million down, pay one million twenty thousand, so I could pay the first month payment of twenty mm-hmm. grand. I could put a million down, and I could write off four point five million. See, that's the thing, right? Because obviously, I'm I'm in that world as well, right? We've got a lot of mutual friends. But there's a this is a business endeavor. This is not like you, hey, flexing on a jet. That you are actually making money from the jet, leasing it out on the dead legs or whatever. Again, with the cars, a little bit of a different thing. But with the jets and everything else, you you got a, a revenue stream from that when you're not See, using a lot, it. A lot of some of our one of our homies, he has a jet, and he, he's I'm, they're not bringing me as much as they said on the chartering. So it's still up in the air, but I would still pay a lot less. Even if I didn't charter it, it'd be about 50,000 a month to maintain the jet. Mm. And then depending on how much I fly, but, and then when you fly, you'd be still paying about 2,500 to 3,000 an hour on a super mid Challenger 300 or a 604 or something like that. It's a heavy. Kind of landing the plane, because I know you've got to get out of here, my man. And I really appreciate you getting in here today and going live with us. What is coming up for you? I know you've been doing a lot of masterminds and you've opened up your house for a lot of these guys to come in, which that's is what, very that's, commendable. That's what people don't understand. It's like when you sign up for my program, any of you guys out there who are planning on signing up or sign up, make sure you make it relational. Become friends with me. Talk to me as if I'm your boy. I answer every message. When you're on the call with me, make it relational. Don't make it transactional. I can do anything for anybody out there. I can get anybody into a lot of things. I can teach them a lot. When people are in town, and they're like my elite clients. They're like, I'm in town. We go do a workout. I make an edit for us. It goes up on my page. I don't know top people who are just sharing their platform and stuff like that with their clients, but that's what I care about. I care about them getting the feeling of what I have. Yeah, and, and seeing it through their own eyes and, and feeling that they can achieve this. Two last questions, and I, and I think we're good to go, my man. What is the most important thing right now in your life? Relationships. So right now, just the relationships I have with the people that are close to me, like you said, four quarters, there's a few very close people to me that I need to give a lot of attention to, a lot of my resources to, and I have to spend a lot of uh, time building them up. Mm. You've said that pretty consistently throughout that, through this podcast, and that's something I've worked on too, especially since retiring. You have to. If if you just let them fall to the wayside, they're going to take you down with them. And if you don't build, if you don't bring them up with you, they're going to resent you. The biggest thing I noticed, as I said earlier, too, is when I retired, I realized who was there and who wasn't. Exactly. And it wasn't even a test. It was just fucking proof. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah. And then the last question, these are actually from the fans. This is the last one. Tell me one thing that has changed in your life in the last year or since the last podcast. What's changed in my life, I've become a lot more at peace by myself. I thought going to Miami, the experiences were going to be so new and so grand, and 
I'm going to be back to enjoying pulling up to a restaurant, hopping out of my car, enjoying the restaurant, this and that. No matter where I'm at, if I'm with my boys or if I'm with the people I care about, I enjoy it. So it, it, it just showed me it doesn't matter where I'm at. I thought that I was under that impression that a new environment would cause like a new stimulus and I would feel differently about it. But no matter where I'm at, I love it. Wherever you go, that's where you're, wherever you are, that's where you're at. And that's just the biggest thing is when, when you're okay with you, you're good. I spend a lot of time alone and I love it. I do not, mm. I don't even, by the end of my day working with so many people and on so many people, I don't even <laughs> want to be around anyone. So I'm like, oh yes, can I just have this steak right here by myself? I know that feeling. And then people at the restaurant always come up. They're like, oh, I love you, bro. And you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> Just to say uh, the back end of something you mentioned, you know, following, you know, looking for something in a different state or another, another place. Home is where the heart is, right? 100%. So if that heart is beating and you're content in where you're at in life, then you're I was at home. More, I was more content in prison than a lot of these days that you thought were the most amazing days for me. Really? Yeah, 100%. I just... Because I stayed elevated. I hadn't. I wouldn't let myself hit a low. When you get comfortable out here, you'll let yourself get down. And then you'll be like, okay, something's got to force me to get back up. I don't do that no more. Now I just, like, I honestly, I can accept any state and just really monitor it. It doesn't bother me. I spend a lot of time alone. And um, people always talk shit or something. They'll be like, big old house like that, and you're still just alone. And I'm like, yeah, but I just looked at your relationship, and you settled, bitch. There's no way you like that shit. A lot of people don't realize, like, they've completely settled, and that'll eat a man's soul. Man needs to continually work to be his best and strive to be his best in every area and strive to lift those around him. You know, um, being content is stagnation, and stagnation is death. 100%. And that's one thing I couldn't put in any one of them words is not Wes Watson whatsoever. And I I think that's one of the lessons and a lot of the things that you've said from the last podcast— Regardless, even if you're a fucking hater, if you didn't take anything from last podcast or this podcast, even if you're trying not to, you will take something. Oh, that, away. That's the best thing. They really try not to. That's crazy that they would do that. So much self sabotage there. But I like to tell people this next span that you see coming up, it's going to be so much offense, it's going to be offensive. They're just literally going to be like, stop, please. What are you, how did you pull this off at this level? And it's just. Just continual progress, hitting the reps. Same thing as a gym. Landing this podcast, mate, what's the last thing you want to leave with the viewers? I just want you guys to literally wake up every day. And like I said before, just create the individual that you truly admire. Don't lie to yourself and give that person to the people around you. That's your only goal. Don't wait for nothing to change around you. Change you and watch how everything around you changes. The world is not as it is. The world is as you are. (sighs) More gold. And there's definitely probably going to be... I say probably, you got to get rid of that word. It's going to be a part three, let's be honest. we got to do a part three. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> we will for sure. I'm excited no, to find no, out. Nobody's taking us from these spots. We, we won't let them have it. We're not going to let them have it. I, I'm excited. People to, can come up here with us, but nobody taking nothing. Yeah, they, You've already planted these little new nuggets in my head, along with I'm excited to see this next chapter of Wes Watson. I was going to ask off air, but I think I'm going to be curious and just sit back yeah, and watch. Everyone's just got to wait and see. <laughs> I can't. There's too much at stake to say it right now. But, you, um, you, you better believe everybody's going to head from this into the comment section in your next post to be like, hey, Wes, I heard you're up to something. 
Tell me, please. Yeah, it's it's more personal stuff, not so much business. Everyone always wants to understand, what are you doing next with business? The way everything worked for me is I always existed in the space. The space I want to inhibit, the space I want to be great at, I just exist there. And I wait for the new levels to show themselves. So I never force it. I'm not a whiteboard motherfucker who's planning too much. I exist in my space. I show up as the best me every day. And my next levels will expose themselves. I'm excited, my man. Every action is a reaction, and I'm looking for this next reaction, good or bad. We all walk this path together. It's too easy. My man. Wes Watson, straight out there, there. Another bang of you guys. I appreciate you. Until next time, we are